This is the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. The Everton Our Way. Straight, Straight from, from the street, street end. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. I've got no idea why I'm sounding so cheerful, uh, but anyway, it's episode 60. Mark Mach, back from his jollies, back from her, back from Germany. And it looked like the Blues were yeah, still there. Yeah, obviously, you know, Everton have missed me, basically. I missed two games, and, and look what's happened. We, we get smashed them both. Um, Hamburg is a crazy place, by the way. So is Everton. Goodison Park's a crazy place. And I did mean on the jollies, not uh, Germany, by the way. Um, yeah, Mr Johnny7, here as always. Uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm feeling all doom and gloom and I, I don't even know where to start today so I think we might as well just start off going back to the uh, the Sunday game unfortunately this is uh, going to depress people but a bit of a treat for you we've got a uh, former Everton player and radio regular uh, Ronnie Goodless to give, uh, uh, give you his thoughts on the game uh, so we'll start off with that today got Paul Cronin firing the questions off, uh, so enjoy. What was it like today? Um, that's why I'm not doing the phoning. Uh, I'd rather be down here with you for... Uh, no, I was very disappointed, like most yet, and obviously by the faces on you, there's gutted as me, and, and as the final whistle went and again, I always plays Everton to the hilt, but I thought Roberto again got it wrong. He, he picked the Tuesday team for today, and that disappointed me more than anything. If he, if he doesn't get it, we'd have been two points ahead of the red shirt. Um, you go to Swansea and you'd still be at making changes. But I thought today we missed a massive trick again. I thought David Moyes was back, to be honest, picking fucking teams. Um, but but that, that was the biggest disappointment for me today. And then again, you're looking at, um, you, you know, sort of as the season goes ahead, you've just been. Wolfsburg, but I thought the, the attack and playing that first 45 minutes was absolutely fabulous. It was the Everton of last season when we played with tempo, options, everyone wants to score goals. And then all of a sudden you, you pick the team sheet up. Neil Warnock must have been delighted, absolutely delighted. You've got Naismith playing out of his skin, Morale is on fabulous form, and McGeady is starting to play. Okay, lads, sit it out on Sunday and go on the bench. So, can't get me a drama. I'm um, bitterly disappointed, and, and we've definitely missed the trick today. Uh, there's, there's kind of like a half round of applause there. Anyway. Uh, should have got my fucking phone in. But, uh, a bit of a topic of debate is, is the team selection. Now, I think that you should play your best team in every game, even if you've got to play six nights a fucking week. Um, but we're... In, in the modern day game, people don't. So, in your opinion, do you prioritise winning games in the league? Or do you prioritise winning games that you've spent a year getting into, i.e. the Europa League? Now, I've always said, it's not February. We've played five games. If you're knackered after five games, you shouldn't be playing for Everton Football Club. Um, like myself today, um, I go to watch Everton, his best team. Now, if, you, if you're at the, the, the height of your ability, which Naismith, Morales and McGeady are, the scoring goals, 
everyone wants to watch them, you've paid your ticket money, then you come in and again prioritise it. I love going to Wembley, I really do, and I think Evertonians do, you know, fantastic going there. But that's in the, in the back of your mind. Premier League is everything. And I think today, with a shot up the table, I think we'd end up sixth. Um, you're looking down on a, on a few others. Man United got beat, Tottenham got beat, and then all of a sudden, we're going to Swansea now. He's got to put a strong team out. He can't sit down and say, let's play Bessic, let's play a few others, and you get beat. So you're right in the back foot, going over to the other, you know, the other side of the, uh, the park, trying to raise it again. So, you know, confidence with three on the bounce, I said before kick-off, three on the bounce is fantastic for scoring goals, which we'll always do. Again, individual errors, you know, you know Tim Howard, um, John Stones is a, a very good player, going to be an excellent player, but as a goalkeeper, you can see the full picture. Why never screamed at him? Why never come out of the... And then the second one, with the catching, I mean, me nan could have caught that. Um, and that, that is the biggest bugbear. We're getting punished for individual mistakes, but I still think the manager can take all the pats on the back. He's been magnificent since he's been here, but today, I, I, I think he got it totally and utterly wrong. Uh, Ronnie Goodless there with a little bit more salt and pepper in his language than he would normally use when you hear him on the radio. Uh, Mark? So you can understand the back five, can't you? You've got Howard, Stones, Distant, Jags and Baines because Coleman took that knock uh, against Wolfsburg. So that's why he didn't play. So Stones coming over to right back and Distant comes straight back in. Um, <coughs> Gareth Barry, James McCarthy, okay. And now here's where it gets a little bit funny. You've got Osman and Atu who come in and then you've got Etu and Lukaku where was Etu playing? Uh, where was Atu? And where was Osman? I, I couldn't work out where these positions were. Um, it's just just a mad one. And I, I think I don't think it showed uh, a lot of respe respect to Crystal Palace at all. And um, ultimately we've paid for it. And we'll go through a little bit of the game now. I uh, just want to touch on what... what just, just, just before you go on, I think you mentioned there a little bit of we lacked a little bit of a respect for Crystal Palace. You know, it's not like we haven't been pre-warned about Crystal Palace. We only have to go back to last April, where we got done by them by exactly the same score, 3-2, and we got torn apart by Balassi again. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, they're not a team you can take lightly. No, and, you know, he rested James McCarthy for that game, and we got stung um, for this game. You know, we thought that he could rest Morales... Uh, and Naismith and obviously uh, as Ronnie Goodless there says McGeady the McGeady one I'm not too sure about whether he'd, he'd contributed much but Naismith and Morales are in great form and what well they've probably been our best two players this season what's he resting for because it wasn't for Tuesday 
So is he resting for the derby? Is, you know, that's two games. You've got to... I, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it, it's just a very, very bizarre situation. And, you know, I, I don't know how unfair it is for Ronnie Goodless to say, you know, he thought David Moyes was back in charge there. Do you think that's going too far? Or, you know, th- that type of playing players out of position and resting players for the League Cup and, you know, with games in mind. Do you think do you think he's gone too far saying that or do you think he has a point? No, I, yeah, I think he's gone a little bit too far in the heat of the moment. You know, obviously that interview was done sort of half an hour to an hour after the game where emotions are running high. So, yeah, I'm sure he, he doesn't really mean that, does Ronnie? But, you know, as he said there, it's not like it's February. It, we're five games into the season. Um, to me, it should always be a case of you start your full strength 11 and you should trust the players enough to tell you if they're not ready to play. You know, if they've got a little bit of a knock or if, you know, you know yourself, some days you wake up and you just don't feel like you've got any energy in the tank. If that's the case, they should be going to, to Roberto and saying, you know, I'm feeling this, boss, so maybe I could do a, a little bit of a rest or maybe just starting on the bench and coming on for 30 minutes. But Naismith and Morales both don't strike me as that sort of player. I'm sure they were both on the play. Naismith runs his heart out. You know, Morales likes the attention. So I'm, I'm sure they both were the ones to start the game. Well, Morales has been running his heart out as well. Um, and, and Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't mean that as a knock on him. I'm just talking about like the types of character they are. You know, I'm sure Naismith probably would play with broken legs. He's that he seems to me that type of fella who, who you know, who's who's basically run his legs off of the cause. Morales is the type of fella who, you know, he likes to be in the spotlight, so that's why I think he'd always want to play as well. That's what I was trying to say. I just wonder though, you know, it's easy saying playing your best team and I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate a little bit here. When he signs players though, does he does he have to assure those players that they'll get some time? And does he have to appease the players who aren't in the starting lineup by like he did like he did have to do with Joel by saying, you know, I'll give you the run in the cup or whatever? Um, does he have to do that as a manager? Does he have to try and keep everyone happy by playing players here and there? Or should players understand that it if they're not in the starting eleven, then it's because they're not good enough to be in there at that time? told Joel he's getting any starting games this season, he didn't even start in the, the, the League Cup did he so uh, but you know no, I don't think that is the case, I mean it just, the thing that confuses me the most about this is, this was a Premier League game, you look at the results that went before this over the weekend, because we were the last game of the weekend basically weren't we you, you look at Man United that got beat, uh, the Shite got beat Spurs had got beat so this was a chance for us to sort of claw a few points back that that we dropped on our competitors earlier on in the season. So we, we had a game coming up for you know, just over 48 hours later in which the likes of Atsu and Osman both could have played in then. To me, it made it, it just didn't make sense, the changes. Um, so, you know, it was, a, yeah, it was an odd one. Um, just going back to those two players, Osman and Atsu, both have got a lot of criticism. Um, first of all, I just just want to go through the goals. Uh, Lukaku, nice little breakaway. Osman, great through ball. If it was Etu, people would have been saying about his great vision and all that kind of stuff. Osman, um, 
didn't even get a sniff, you know, any kind of plaudits at all. Lukaku, good finish. And then it starts going a bit crazy. That was in the ninth minute. Uh, and then the Palace really starting to threaten a little bit. Uh, but you know, you know, they got a, basically a penalty out of nothing. The defenders were trying to shield the ball as it was running through for Howard. Um, the, the Palace strike, I can't remember which who it was, kind of got in between them. And Howard goes down in stages and, you know, they get a penalty. Was it, D, it was DJ Campbell, wasn't it? Fraser Campbell. Yeah, anyway. Fraser Campbell, sorry, yeah. Um, Not DJ. He used to play for Palace, didn't he? Doesn't play for them anymore. Fraser Campbell, sorry. He might be a DJ, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Um, I, I, any, whoever it was, uh, he went down in stages as well. And it was just the most stupid penalty. We had two defenders around the ball and neither of them shielded the ball going through to Howard well enough. And Howard, um, you know, he, he wasn't sharp enough getting it. So... I, I, you know, I wouldn't put this down to just a Tim Howard mistake. It's like a lot of people are. Like Howard's gone from being, you know, super keeper and you know next president of America to being, you know, Ro- uh, Joel Robles. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's and I, I'm not buying into that at all. Um, but you know, I said as soon as, as soon as uh, Jed and Max stepped up. I said, top corner, he's going. And, of course, we've seen him do it a few times. He, he, he did, he put it in the top corner. So, one all against the run of play, and then Palace started to play a little bit, and Stones looked terrified of Balassi. And, we, you know, you know you're, he, I'm sure he, he would have been your Mark Max one to watch if um, if you were here last week. Oh, yeah, well, it certainly would have been Fraser Campbell because I would have thought he was DJ Campbell, so... Yeah, it definitely would have been uh, Mr. Balassi after what he'd done to ourselves and, and to, to the show last season as well. I mean, I've seen him rip teams apart now on too many occasions to ignore him. Yeah, so uh, he had an effort which spun off uh, John Stones and it hit the bar. And we were fortunate that it, did, you know, it didn't fall out to uh, Campbell, who was uh, too busy celebrating to, uh, to react sharp enough to put it away. And, you know, that should have been a wake-up call. That's, that should have been where we really pulled our fingers out and started to, you know, apply a little bit more pressure ourselves. But we didn't. Went into half-time, one all. And, um, you know, Palace came out wanting it more. Uh, I mean, uh, but the goal, again, came out of nothing. The, the, you know, when they went 2-1 up, big ball into the, cro- into the area, big cross into the area. Howard comes out, looks like he, he's he, you know he's his favourite to get it, and uh, it it goes through his arms, and Campbell knocks it into the empty net, and again you know nobody's picked up on this, uh, but it looked like a you know every replay I've seen, uh, Fraser Campbell goes up with his arm up. And it's in Tim Howard's face. It's in Tim Howard's face, and he's leaning into him with his arm up. You can't go up with your elbow up like that. We've had players sent off for that year after year, and uh, you know I just want to be on Tim Howard's side a little bit. Yeah, he should be big and strong. Uh, yeah, he should be getting rid of that ball anyway. But a foul's a foul, and you know Palace got away with it, and Tim Howard's being crucified for it. So it's a little bit unfair in my. In my view, there. So you know, I mean, you you know yourself, Mark. 
you know, the players who we've had sent off over the years, you know, Stephen Pienaar got sent off in the derby for it, I think. Uh, Van der Maeda got sent off in one. Dunk used to get one every other week. Fellaini got punished all the time for it. You know, they got to... Yeah, all the time, you know. It's, um... it's, it's to me, it, it was a foul all day. And as you mentioned there, you know, certain players will get pulled even for a lot less than that, you know. You mentioned Dunk there, but he even plays for other teams. You know, like to, he likes to be Andy Carroll's and, and that sort of player. They, they get penalised for even looking at an opposition goalie or a defender. You know, that was a blatant arm in the face. It was a foul, um, you know. I can't fault Howard. It was foul. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you can, you can. I can see where people are saying, uh, you know, he should be bigger, should be stronger. He's going up with his hands, but then so was Campbell. Um, but you know, I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna uh, be kind of on the fence about this. I'm gonna defend Tim Howard about it, but also agree he should have been stronger. But I am not crucifying for it. I'm not gonna crucify him because because it was just, it should have been a foul. So, here you go. Uh, you know, the, the third goal, uh, when Osman gave the ball away, I think people forgot about the pass that he made for Lukaku's goal, but it was easy to do again because he, he didn't do anything in the game and then he gave the ball away. It was fed through to Balassi and it was a great finish from Balassi. Um, but, you know, Osman's, Osman's the world worst. If it was, if it was Etu who had done it again, you know... It's just it's funny how fans are, uh, but again, he, it was a poor mistake. So I'm, I'm I'm trying to say this from both sides here. So don't be jumping on me back saying uh, I'm I'm licking Osman's ass or whatever, because <laughs> I'm not. It was a very poor mistake. Uh, but then you know three one down, we've gone from having a good good opportunity to turn it round to being three one down against Crystal Palace at home again. So where do you go from there? Well, it's it's one of them. Do you know what? I was talking about this game whilst I was in Germany with some of the other Evertonians that were out there, and I was saying, you know, Crystal Palace are one of those teams we know from last season. They're going to let us play our style of football. They're going to let us have the ball. And that showed, I think we had something like 75% possession in the game. They, they, they were happy all day to let us have the ball and knock it back, you know, Stones to Jagielka to this and back to Stones. All day they were willing to do that. Now, I said, you know, prior to the game, we need to score early. We need to score early because that will draw them out then and they will have to have a go and we should be able to build on that. Nine minutes in, everything was going to what I thought was the plan. I saw Lukaku had scored in the ninth minute as I was watching it on my little text update. Uh, and I thought, you know, happy days. This is three points now. There's no reason why we should let Crystal Palace back into this game. You know, we then should have... We should have then been hitting them and getting in behind them, but that just wasn't the case. We continued. Doesn't seem to be like any sort of... I don't like using the term plan B because it wasn't like we were needing to, to use a plan B, but we should have then been a little bit more decisive in, in the way we played and, and not allowed them to catch us on the break, which is exactly what happened. Yeah, uh, and you know, the, 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 our answer for changing it round was bringing um, Morales and Naismith on. Um, and it just seemed a little bit too late, uh, too little, too late, uh, and then I think 
it was Stones and Atu went off. Atu did a few little good things, but then lost the ball too easily in, in some you know bad situations. Um, he's obviously got a lot of skill, quick feet, and he can do that kind of Delafeu drift past players with with, with the, like the greatest of ease. But also like Delafeu, he's going to be very frustrating and not offer a lot of um, end product. So. Um, you know, Morales and Naismith came on, but you know, as I say, too little, too late. It was like on sixty fourth minute, two uh, one down, and then shortly after they came on, that's when it went to three one. Sorry, and then you know what I mean, Etu. Why was Etu playing out on the left? I just, I mean, it's. It, it doesn't make sense when you know he's the most natural finisher of the club, isn't he? So it doesn't make sense. He hasn't really got the legs, you would say, to sort of run one of these days to run one of those outside channels, and and yeah, it, it, it just the mind boggles, really. It just, I mean, not not just that. The fact that he wasn't involved. You want him to get on the ball and start putting those three balls in and having efforts on goal and stuff. And he didn't. I think he had one effort, one chance to get. And you know, he possibly could have done a little bit better. But you know, that's you know that's that's basically our downfall. I think a lot of players playing out of position, uh, or not not really knowing what the roles were. Uh, eventually, we did get one back. It was James McCarthy who picked the ball up from his right back position, and then just decided to take it on. Drove into the drove, just drove it forward a little bit, and then eventually got the ball back. Took it into their box on the left-hand corner of their penalty area, and uh, you know was body checked, um, or knees collided. Anyway, he he got the penalty, and up stepped Bainsey, who you know fourteen out of fourteen or whatever the stat is, so three two. But again, too little, too late. That was the eighty-third minute. There was six minutes of injury time, but. It was, you know, we, we need more. So, you know, that was depression at Everton number one. Uh, and you know, where do we where do we go from there? Surely Tuesday, we will see a full strength side considering these rest of those players. But did we? Well, no, we didn't. Uh, you would have thought that, you know, if he's resting Morales for that game and resting Naismith for that game, you, you would have thought they they were going to play. Strange, but I mean, just just before we move on to obviously Swansea away in the in the Carlin Cup on Tuesday, um, I think we touched there. You know, and the the amount of chat. I mean, we had Everton had seventeen shots in the game against Palace. You know. To me, at the moment, the, the finishing is a little bit of a worry. Even though we have scored a number of goals this season, if you compare that to our chances, the ratio isn't great. I mean, obviously, in that game, Bainsey, you know, he's always reliable on, on pens. Happy with that. Um, but, you know, just, just in-game finishing for me at the moment is, a, is just a little bit of a worry. I, I, I'm i a little bit worried about just... Uh, I, I can't remember if I talked about this last week, but we... Whenever we get to the byline, we are very reluctant to just whip a ball in anymore. It's always little thing, little triangle passes. Get to the byline, and but there's then, never anyone in the box. But they, they, they play that little cutback, don't they? Nearly all the time, cut back to the edge of the box. Sometimes it looks nice when it comes off, but sometimes you just need to whip it into the box. Get someone on the end of it. 
get another get a corner out of it or um you know get an get an augie put the goalie under pressure whatever but we just there's too uh, there's too little of that too little getting the ball forward quick uh, i'm not saying long ball but just as we said uh, loads on this podcast just mix it up you know instead of playing tippy tappy for, for you know 75% of the possession with between between Jags and uh, Stones and Distan and Baines, get it up there every now and again. Um, so three-two defeat. Mister Trick, as uh, Ronnie Goodless said, there, you know, would have been a good opportunity to get three points on the board, build, put back-to-back wins together, and then go into the uh, Carlin Cup, possibly rest some players for that if we're not bothered about it, and then um, on to. You know, onto the derby on Saturday, but that wasn't the case. And we go into the Swansea game on the back of a defeat. Forty-eight hours after the, after the defeat, so. Yeah, obviously, really short turnaround to the game at the Liberty Stadium, just over forty-eight hours. Um, and I think, you know, as the team news came out for this game, um, there was there was two things that stood out to me. Number one uh, was obviously. You know, I think a moment a lot of Evertonians have been waiting for for a long time now, uh, and that was the return of Brian Oviedo back into the starting lineup, uh, straight into the starting lineup for Brian. Um, the other thing that, that stood out to me uh, was the back four of uh, Hibbert, Distan, Alcaraz, and Garbutt. Um didn't instill me with confidence right from the get go, in all honesty. Yeah, well. I've got to agree with that. Uh, before we give our opinions on this game, um, we have Carl, our mate from Down Under. Uh, he didn't give us uh, much of uh, you know our social media section this week. What he did do was have a massive rant about this game. So should we go and listen to his rant first and then give our thoughts on the game overall? Okay. Hi, guys. Carl from Sydney here. Oh, what a terrible game that was. Um... I think Martinez is on his last chance with me. Um, I thought his... I'll give him the benefit of the doubt one more time. I don't know what he was thinking playing Oviedo in the number 10 role. We've been struggling to fill that gap with Barkley gone all year. Why on earth you'd play Oviedo there? It just baffles me, absolutely baffles me. Why didn't he put Naismith in? Or maybe Morales? Or... (laughs) You know, Osman even. I know Osman hasn't got the legs, but Jesus Christ. Why put a guy who's been out for so long, number 10? I mean, just ridiculous. Um, Why on earth you would change pretty much the whole back four is beyond me. Um, Garbutt actually didn't do too bad. He's clearly not ready for the Premiership. He gives away far too many stupid fouls, pulling players. He needs to learn to keep his hands down. Why on earth play Tony Hibbert? I mean... Just absolutely baffles me. We are pretty much going into the um, second half. We haven't even created anything. Literally just useless. Um, just flat like a training game. So I'll tell you what we'll do. Well, we'll bring we'll bring Eto off. That'll make sense. Why on earth didn't he leave Eto on? Throw Lukaku on. Throw Kone on late on if you want. Play with three strikers. At least show a bit of ambition. Why play four two three one when you're two nil down? Why don't you change the tactics and actually go for the juggler rather than 
just thinking, oh, yeah, all right, well, you know, we'll just carry on as we are and see how we go. Really, really poor for Martinez. That's the worst I've seen his selections and his tactics so far. And I'm very worried about the, the derby. I'm worried about the United game and the Europa game. He needs to really, really sort things out here. Like, we were terrible on the weekend and he's made seven changes to a losing team. Surely this was our best chance of winning silverware this season. Surely he should have said, right then, I'll tell you what, we're, we're struggling here. We're a goal down at half-time. Let's go for it. Let's, you know, I'd rather lose 3-0, even though we did that, than lose 1-0 at the time. He showed no ambition whatsoever. Really, really disappointed. Um, I don't know how you guys saw it, but I just thought we were awful. Really, really poor. And again... Wasted opportunity in the League Cup. We didn't even have to play the first two rounds this year. Really not happy. Anyway, hope you guys are better than me. Bye. Okay, some thoughts on that and what Carl's had to say. First of all, uh, the last chance for Roberto. I don't know about that. I'm still. I still think he he, he can definitely turn it round. It was just. Um, it's just been a baffling few days for the Blues. Don't forget, you know, just a few days before we turned Wolfsburg over four one. Um, so everything was, you know, all hunky-dory then. Less than a week later, we're not suddenly, you know, the worst side in the world. It's just, you know, a few baffling decisions, isn't it? I know what, I know what you're saying, but, I mean, that Wolfsburg game was never a 4-1 scoreline. Oh, well, you it know, was. I think it was. It was. Well, it was, but it flattered us. Yeah, but you know, three got, two, three two for Palace. Our man of the match was Tim Howard. We got, we got, we basically got battered for sixty minutes of the game. We shouldn't have won that four one. I don't think. I think that was a bit of a, a fluke result rather than how we are playing at the moment. Uh, and you've got to look at the fact that we've only won three of our last ten league games. It's not good enough. So what? What was the issue on Tuesday night? I mean, for me, I mean. I, 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 I keep trying to think uh, Alcaraz is going to do some good work for us and I think I, I keep thinking that you know Jags might be the problem in our defence but by you know uh, by the evidence of this you know we won against West Brom without Distan uh, we beat Wolfsburg 4-1 without Distan so I mean it, it, do we have to do we need to point a finger is is big is big Silv the uh, the real the real weak link there? I I've been a big supporter of Sylvan Distan for a long time now. For me, he's been an absolute rocket, Evan. Um, this season, he's been poor. He's been he's been very poor, in fact. Um, I don't know how in such a short period of time over the summer, where you know when he's not really done anything. Obviously, he didn't go to a World Cup or whatever. His form seems seems to have. Deteriorated so much, it's 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 bizarre. I don't know whether possibly he's maybe carrying an injury and, and doesn't really want to want to cough to it because he doesn't want to miss any playing time and as as his career is like sort of winding down. But he just looks so out of sorts at the moment. It's 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 such a a sudden decline. It's scary. Yeah, I mean, I I I didn't think it was that obvious until obviously, as I say, the West the West Brom game. And we were still a little, a little bit shaky in defence, but we were more committed and more able to 
I don't know. I I don't know. I don't I don't want to point the finger and say just just this down because Jags wasn't good in those first few games. He I think Jags is possibly turning a corner. I'm hoping, but for me, from now on, it's got to be Jags and Stone uh, Jags and Stones a centre back. But then the, there's the right back um, problem. If Coleman's still injured, what are you going to do? Because at the on the evidence of this game and the preseason games, I think people might be right, and Hibbo might not be. Um, might not be the answer anymore. Well, the problem you've got there, though, is obviously going into the next game, the derby, if Coleman is still out, um, that leaves John Stones to play it right back at Anfield again, and we know what happened last time we did that. So, um, yeah, you know, I think probably this Swansea game was, you know, a great chance for the, you know, the fans' favourites of, of the people like Besic and Atsu, who fans have been calling out to, to give game time to, with uh, it was their chance to stake a claim. It was Hibbo's chance to show that he can still cut it. it you know, Alcaraz's chance to maybe prove a few people wrong, and quite frankly, none of them did it. No, did it I, for me, to be honest. Besic apparently got a load of Gernos, man of the match, and I thought he was all right. I do, I thought he was too desperate. He was so desperate to be spectacular and score. Um, I think it was a little bit to the detriment of the team. Uh, you know, just pl- just play your game. I mean, I'm sure he will settle. I'm sure he'll settle and play his game and be a star for us uh, once he settles. Um, but just come in and be part of the team. You, you don't have to score the worldie to be part and be appreciated at Everton. Uh, I'm sure if he settles in and does his, just does his work, he'll get goals. He'll just come naturally to him. But trying to blame it from 25 yards every time he gets it, 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 it didn't work. Um, one of the other players who came in, Luke Garbett, I thought he did all right. He looked very confident and short at times. But as Carl said, gives away too many fouls. And that will come with experience. So, but, just, you know. Yeah, you've got to remember, I mean, you know, I remember Seamus Coleman. I used to, when Seamus Coleman first broke into the side, I think I always used to say to you, he worries me, Seamus Coleman, because he always had a penalty in him. He'd always give away silly fouls. Um, he doesn't do that anymore, because obviously he's learned from experience, and I think the same will happen with, with Luke Garber, to be fair to him. Uh, I've got no problem with the likes of Luke Garber getting played in, in games like this. Yes, obviously, I want to win. I want to see a strong team. Uh, but the likes of Luke Garbett, obviously you've got to you've got to give them that little bit of experience when you can. Um, if it was a full strength team, you know, ninety percent full strength team with just rest and Bainsey with Garbett playing, I'd have no problem with that whatsoever. I complete completely agree. He wasn't the weak link there. He wasn't uh, he wasn't uh, the problem in that game. I think the problem was. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. I, I think Distan made a few blunders. I don't think Alcaraz has got anything to offer us, unfortunately. Uh, and as I said before, Hibbo's finished. Um, but you know, you had Gibson and Mc, Gibson uh, in front of the defence. He did all right. Uh, Besic, again, as Jordy mentioned him. But then Atu, Magidi, Oviedo, and Etu were playing in like some kind of weird. I don't know. I don't know what formation they were playing. Uh, Etu again trying a little bit too hard to score the spectacular. He doesn't have to. Atu again whizzing past people for fun, but not doesn't offer enough. So 
I, I just don't know what the answer is there. I mean, it, it, on paper, you'd still think those players can come in and do a job against what wasn't really a full-strength Swansea team. But There's a lot of people saying that, basically, Roberto just doesn't know how to deal with the defensive side of the game. Are you starting to, to go along with that? Do you think maybe that's his, that's, that's his big weakness? And, you know... The fact he's brought Alcaraz into the club, for instance, uh, it's pretty clear that he's not good enough for Everton. So, and Roberto was at him before, so he's not really got that excuse of you know taking a chance on him because uh, he knew what he was getting. So, do you think he does struggle defensively? I don't know. The thing is, he got Alcaraz very early in his own tenure, so we can't really say that. You know, he, he brought he brought some players in from Wigan before he's really even settled on Everton, and last year. We were, you know, one of the best defensive sides in the league. So, I don't completely agree with that. I just think this season he's struggling with it. Maybe with the way he brought Big Duncan last season to give the side a boost and, you know, it really helped Lukaku turn to get his form back. Maybe bring a defensive legend in, uh, in, in the coaching staff. And um, David Moyes is looking for work, you know. He, he was good at shutting, a, shutting up shop. What do you reckon? Yeah, he, still, he wasn't very good at getting through in the League Cup, though, was he? No, no, no. Well, I mean, let's face it, we won't have that, uh, we won't have that problem again this season anyway. I think we can probably sum this game up fairly quick instead of going through it in detail. The fact was, we basically got hammered. We didn't really do anything in the game of any note. Uh, the game finished uh, 3-0. Uh, Dyer, Sigurdsson and Marvin Emmers um, and I can't really think of any, you know, great chances that the Blues created. No, uh, we were we were poor. It was probably, I'd go as far as saying, uh, the worst I've seen us play, apart from the derby like away last year under Roberto. I think it's the worst. So. Yeah, yeah I probably agree with that. I think the most worrying thing that's come out of this game, well, it's worrying obviously that once again we've had a complete and utter failure in the League Cup, um, which is a competition that I always think is is, is very winnable. Uh, it's a competition that you know gets you and guarantees you into Europe next season. Uh, it's a piece of silverware. It's a trip to Wembley for the the Everton supporters, um, but we always cock up in it. Um, the thing that worries me probably even more than the abject failure in this competition is the fact that Roberto still refuses to criticise players or admit that, you know, it was a bad show. Everton, that game happened on a Tuesday in midweek, you know, in South Wales. Everton supporters travelled all the way down there, took time off work, spent good money, gave up hours and hours of their life to go down there for such a miserable performance. The one thing you would expect then is an apology off the manager and he's not forthcoming with it. No, and uh, you know, we laugh about this sometimes, you know, when he says words like phenomenal and incredible and he actually described our comeback and our spirit as incredible on Sunday's game and everybody in that crowd can see that it was every, anything but incredible. We bottled it, we threw away that game and we didn't fight hard enough to get back into it. But, you know, we've got one goal back through a penalty. We didn't, it's not like we peppered their goal with efforts. You know, it was a few lame efforts out of those 17 chances you mentioned before. 
that's not an incredible effort. Incredible effort would effort would have been the Alamo and you know hitting the post, the crossbar, getting Speroni diving all over the show. That didn't happen. So you know, I mean, it, it's it's one criticism we could have about Roberto. I mean, we've got a few more to add to it now, I suppose. But you know, sometimes the players and the manager need to come out and say we weren't good enough for the whole game. I made a bad team selection. I'm sorry um, to all the Blues who travelled and all the Blues who had to watch that. And for being out the cup once again at such an early stage when it's a good opportunity. So you're right. I agree. It's one of the most. It's the most, most winnable, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean that's that's the minimum you would expect for him, for him to do. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be one of these bandwagon jumpers. They're starting to come out on Facebook now. It's starting to annoy me. You know, there's already people saying maybe we should get rid of Martinez, which is absolutely ridiculous talk. Um, you know, let's face it. He's not playing centre half for us, is he? He's still picking the same players who, who were so good last season, as you said. Um, so I don't really think you can blame Martinez for that. Um, there's a couple of little shouts that I am starting to agree with. You know, the fact that we we don't ever have a plan B, the fact that he is experimenting with sides and maybe making too many changes for me. Um, but and yeah, but my main criticism at the moment is this whole. Everything is great attitude when, let's face it, everything is far from great at the moment. So uh, I think it just takes somebody to, to admit that and, st- and to tell us as fans that, you know, it won't continue and, and it won't last and it's getting worked on and, and it'll be rectified. OK, so, you know, we've got two games there, doom and gloom. Uh, we leave the match uh, reviews there and uh, come back in a minute with some Everton news of the week hopefully something a little bit brighter to cheer us up News Okay, something to cheer us up I suppose is uh, one bit of news coming out that uh, Ross Barkley is back in light training I suppose that's good news in a sense, but also bad news because we need him back in full training as soon as possible. Yeah, I think it's also bad news because just as he's come back into light training, uh, all these stories have started circulating again. That uh, you know, the the likes of Man City are preparing fifty million pound bids, and the, the shite are deluding themselves that he might want to go to them. And you know, it, it, it's funny, isn't it? How as soon as he starts getting back to fitness or the story start again about his future yeah um, Pellegrini's come out and said that City are not interested and they can't make any more signings anyway due to this financial fair play or whatever so I, I don't know I, I think it's just one of those rumours that it, it's a slow day in the press so they start putting these things out again so you know well I'm hoping it is anyway um, other news of the week Roberto, our manager, has said that he is not worried about our leaky defence. After conceding 17 goals in seven games, he's not worried about our leaky defence. <coughs> Sorry, I just uh, have to apologise for my coughing. I'm, I'm dying here from man flu and a heavy stag do weekend and hamburgers catching up on me, I think. So, yeah, um, 
I think Roberto Martinez might be the only Evertonian on the planet not worried about our league defence at the moment. Um, you know, the, the the problem is, though, there's nothing he can do about it at the moment, is it? It's not like he can go out and buy two defenders to try and shore us up. Transfer window's closed. Uh, no chance of getting anyone till Christmas time, so uh, he needs to seriously be working some drills on the on the, the training ground because uh, everybody else is certainly worried about our league defence at the minute. Has Yobo joined Arsenal today? Did I see that right, or is he, is he just interested? Because maybe Yobo could uh, come back. He's on a free, isn't he? I think he's linked with... I haven't seen that. No, he's linked with Arsenal. I don't know whether he's moved there or not. But if someone like that was on a free, why aren't we interested? You know, Moyes isn't there. He had just do, not remember what, do you not remember what he was like last time? He was good. Not towards the end, he wasn't. Yeah, because he had just fallen out with Moyes. He, you know, something... Another option there anyway. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. 17-7. I'm going to stop saying that. Cause Sorry, I'm dying again. That's, I'm going to stop saying that because that's what seems to set you off. <laughs> 17 and 7. It, well, it is, yeah. It's, 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 it's the, the thought of conceding 17 goals in seven games makes me, uh, makes me start coughing and spluttering because it's, it's just so outrageous, isn't it? Compared to what we've been used to, what we've come accustomed to over the last couple of seasons. Um, <laughs> I don't know, really. Just, I, I'm sort of half chuckling here I'm not bemused by the situation um, what, one bright spot that we talked about about the Swansea game uh, is Oviedo's return and he has uh, come out today and thanked the travelling fans for the support and you know I watched it on the telly uh, through um, not entirely uh, legal means uh, so Wizzy, in fact WYSIWYG on my iPad um, and you could hear the uh, you could hear the cheers ringing out Oviedo baby and you know the support for him has been great I just hope he can come back and establish himself and get playing to that high standard that he was playing before he got injured and it might be a nice little boost for the team that we need yeah obviously yeah, I touched on that before you know look when the team sheet came out that was you know that, was, that brought a smile to my face great to see the lad back um, and hopefully he can, he can push on and get back to the levels he was st- just starting to reach, uh, you know, last season before he got the injury. What what does surprise me a little bit is, and I, I put this out on the Facebook the other day, you know, we he was starting, <coughs> excuse me, to to look a player last season just before he got injured. Obviously his performance in Man United away was was a great performance. Um, and then obviously he got the injury just just as he was sort of starting to, to hit his stride. A lot of Evertonians at the moment seem to think, you know, he's going to be the saviour of our season, and I think that's that's unfair on the lad. You've just got to give him time to get back, not expect too much from him. You know, I think he's going to be on the bench a lot this season. I don't think he's ready to command a, a first sort of first choice place or anything. So, um, yeah, great to see him back. Uh, we'll always do a job in, in a number of positions for you. So, uh, yeah, you know, I just don't want Evertonians to heap pressure on. I th- I don't think it's a, the the team side of things. I think it's just the boost that he brings because he's such a likable lad, and it's a popular return, t- you know, to the squad. Popular, you know, it's a big boost. 
So I, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm reading it different than you. I don't think people think he's going to be the saviour of the team. I just think it's it's a big boost to the team. So hopefully that'll turn fortunes around and help contribute, maybe. Um, well, you know, I have seen people say, you know, we should go straight back into the team. He should be playing the left wing. He should be playing ahead of Baines. Uh, you know, I don't think he's ready for that at the moment. That, that's my point of view. Maybe I'm wrong and uh, these people are right. Um, I suppose he can't do any work than some of the other players at the moment. So it might be go. might be a good option having him and Baines on the left because we, we we seem to be lacking a little bit of balance there, and um, you know that might be a, a, an option because we've got Morales and Coleman on the right. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be a little bit unfair on Aidan McGeady, who has been okay so far this season. I mean, I don't think you can fault Morales. Naismith and to a certain extent McGeady as well. So far, it's it's been more uh, at the back where, where we've struggled. So, um, you know, I'd find it harsh to, to drop McGeady for somebody who, who probably isn't a left winger by trade. Yeah, okay. Uh, going on to the final bit of news I've got for today. Um, just some news for fans going to the game on Saturday. Obviously, it's the early kickoff uh, at Anfield, that horrible cesspool over yonder. Um, you know, there was a lot of trouble last year with people getting to the ground and loads of pushing and shoving and, you know, uh, just loads and loads of trouble, loads of hassle. Uh, with the delayed kickoff, uh, what the kick- kickoff wasn't delayed, was it? We got in late after queuing for about we got there quite handy and still got there late still got in late loads of complaints so the news this time is uh, turnstiles are open from 11 the uh, advisors there the officials over there are advising fans from both sets of clubs to get in there to get there by 12.15 there is a new queuing system being implemented so hopefully that will be a little bit more Evertonian friendly than it was last year and also uh, they are actually employing Everton Everton stewards to uh, police and steward uh, the the away gate which is a good uh, good sign isn't it? Yeah I suppose it is Um, (coughs) obviously I think the idea of actually getting to the ground a little bit early is probably probably is very good advice because you know as Evertonians were notorious for sort of tipping up right at the last minute um, you do sort of get bottlenecked uh, through the park and down to that um, where the Evertonians go in uh, so yeah obviously you know it seems like uh, at least you know I don't like to sort of give Liverpool any praise whatsoever but it does listen look like they've listened from last season and learned from the mistakes of last season the uh, the only problem is the earlier we get there, the longer we have to, longer we have to sp- sp- uh, spend in company of those horrible horrible trolls. Yeah, I was quite glad that we got there a little bit late because we didn't have to listen to that horrible funeral dirge before the start of the game. Yeah, I'm definitely taking my headphones, and I think I might have some podcast uh, podcasting to listen to uh, just about what twelve forty three p.m. Um, you know, Everton officials were over in Lille 
earlier this week and the ticket allocation has been confirmed. Uh, Everton have been given 5,270 odd tickets or somewhere around that number anyway. Uh, probably a little bit disappointing for a lot of Evertonians that that's the the usual allowance uh, that a club would get. Uh, I thought that maybe we'd be going over and trying to get some extra tickets because of the you know the popularity that this game seems to have have garnered, and I think we could pro- probably, or I think we will take ten thousand fans over there, tickets or no tickets. Um, so a little bit disappointing, but uh, you know. I think I should get one with those numbers, so I'm happy with that. Okay, yeah, well, I'm, I'm not going to say anything about that. <laughs> I'm just going to just moan and whinge when you're going and uh, be all, like, getting ready for work and stuff. Uh, one place I won't be going is Krasnodar next Thursday. Um, you know, fair play to the Blues who were going. Uh, you know, a couple of the people who, who we know, Dave Hughes, uh, comes in the players' body. He's just got his visa through, so Dave and all his mates uh, will be over there and cheering on the Blue Boys, top Blues. Um, apparently, a match ticket at Krasnodar for is two pounds. Yeah, covered this covered this one last week, and um, it's just crazy, isn't it? It's just two pound for a ticket, but you have to be able and be able to prove that you can go and pick it up from from Russia. <laughs> so. You know, you can you can't just get on the ticket site and buy, you know, reams and reams of tickets for two quid and try and flog them. You've got to be able to go and prove that you can get there and uh, get your ticket from there. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, have you got any more news there, Mark, or should we uh, should we go to our preview? No, it's been a pretty quiet week, really, from the club. There's nothing new that I can see that's developed on the ground this week. That still rumbles on in the background. Um, it's just been a week of doom and gloom, so nothing really to, to pick up our spirits. Um, I think the game this weekend could further dampen our spirits or could be the kickstart that our season needs. So I think we'll go into a preview for our, the, the derby at the weekend. Okay, we'll be back with that in a sec. Here's all our links. Feel free to get in touch with us with any of your views and we'll try and have a talk about them. No social media section this week because we had the two games to talk about um, and we had Ronnie on with his views. So, uh, But you can still get in touch with us and still interact with us on Facebook and Twitter, etc. So here are the links. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, Not Bitter, Just Better. Or you can find us on Twitter at Just Better EFC. Okay, so there's our links. Uh, as I say, get in touch with on Facebook, Twitter. We always like to interact, and we tend to have, you know, a lot of blues making sense and not so much. So good bit of good bit of banter between blues and against anti-blues. So um, yeah, get on there. Now we are going to have a look ahead at uh, one of the most anticipated and dreaded fixtures of the season. The away derby. We've been the last few seasons, Mark, and uh, it's fair to say it's not been the best of times, has it? No, it's not. It's the game I dread the most 
the dread starts at the beginning of the week, it builds through the week uh, to the point where, you know, a couple of minutes before kickoff, I literally feel like I'm having a heart attack most of the time. Um, bizarrely, though, this week I feel slightly different in the fact that I actually think at the moment it's possibly the best game we could have in the fact that we never win there, we're not expected to win, the pressure's off, and maybe we could just go and, and, and if we did get something, it could really turn our season around, the kickstart our season, and let's face it, if there's a team who's playing as bad as us in the league at the moment, it's probably Liverpool. On the other foot though, um, it could possibly be the worst game we've had because if if we get a heavy defeat, morale is going to be, you know, at rock bottom. And you know, you said a few people there were already a few murmurs. There's nothing like a you know a good turning over in a derby that will turn a few of those into a lot of those people uh, who might be uh, calling for Roberto to be stepping down. Do you think it's too soon for, even for that? Yeah, I mean it's too soon for that. Obviously, no, I, sorry. A big... I don't. I just don't. I don't want you to misunderstand the question here. I don't. I, I. I don't mean. Do you think it's too soon for Roberto to go? Do you think? Do you think it's too soon for people to be getting on his back after if we don't get a result? Do you think people will be or won't be? Yeah, I do because you know this is our. This is the game every season we are most unlikely to win. People need to realise that. You know. You've got to go back to 1999 for the last time we won there. It's it's a game that we're not expected to win. It's our most difficult game of the season due to everything that's connected to it. Um, so if we go there and win, it's it's a massive upset. And you know, it's funny this this is the first derby I've ever known where both sets of fans are saying we're not going to win it because we're shite. You know, at the moment, that's what I'm saying as an Evertonian. I don't think we'll get anything because we're not playing well, we're conceding too many goals, blah, blah, blah. The Liverpool supporters are saying exactly the same. It's a weird one. Do you think uh, both sets of supporters are trying to cry a win then? Or both trying to cry a draw and both be happy with a draw? I think definitely the, the, the Liverpool supporters are trying to double bluff us and you know, it may be put excuses in place already. I think from your standard Evertonian, your realistic Evertonian, um, you know, as I say, we, we're used to not winning there. Me and you, we go every year, we don't, we never see us win. Um, it, it, it's just, it's that type of game, isn't it? Um, I don't think our chances this season are, are, are any better than they were last season when we went there and we got absolutely killed. So uh, it's worrying. I mean, obviously there's a couple of players who have faced like fitness tests. Uh, PNR I think's going to have a fitness test, and, and Coleman's obviously a worry. Uh, if Coleman's out, that means Stones will probably play it right back, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. Uh, we saw what happened with that last year, um, but then it's going to be a different game. It's a, it's a much changed Liverpool side from last year. They brought a lot of new players in. Uh, that don't know what it's like to play in a Merseyside derby. Um, Balotelli is not Suarez, uh, which is a good thing for for Everton. Uh, and 
will Balotelli be able to handle the pressure of the game? That's, that's going to be a big thing for me, I think. Yeah, you just need you need all your players on song. You can't carry... Last, se- last season, we had to try and carry four or five players who weren't performing. I mean, Lukaku didn't have a good game, and, and he was eventually... He, was, he obviously went off injured. So we had uh, Naismith up top on his own for that game. And, you know, Morales tends to go missing in, the, in in games like this. But you know, Morales is on fire so far this so far this season. So maybe he's got a point to prove. Etu, if he features, does well in these big fixtures. Um, you know, Lukaku is going to try and he's got something to prove from last season. You uh, played against them, played well against them for West Brom. Scored in the Goodison derby last year, a couple. So, you know, the, and it, that that it, that's the crux of the matter. Every player you've just mentioned who it could have a good game are all forward players. Not a single defender got mentioned there, and, and that's what the worrying thing is, because that's at the moment, that's where we're struggling. And if there's any game where your defensive frailties can get shown up more than ever, as we realised last season, it's this game. So, you know, potentially it could finish 9-8 or something to either side. It could be. It's it's so hard to predict. I think it's it's nigh on impossible. Yeah, they're talking about having a teapot, uh, teapot head storage. Um, possibly, uh, he looks like he's not going to make it. But you know, there's a, there's an outside chance that he might make the game. Obviously, they've got some other danger men. Sterling, you know, Gerard will be up for it. Even though he's had a poor start of the season, he will be up for this game because he always is. That's the thing, though, isn't it? Even though Steven Gerrard has had a poor season so far, he's been playing virtually at sweeper. You know, he, he, he's gone that far back now, even further back than he was playing last season. But yet, you still know he'll be all over the pitch against us. Because this is the, you know, for 180 minutes every season, he raises his game, and that's to play against Everton. And you know that'll be the case again. Um, you know, you looked at the fact that Liverpool had, I don't know, you know, that marathon game in midweek on Wednesday against Middlesbrough, uh, extra time and then 29 penalties or whatever there was. You know, that's got to take a lot out of some players. The likes of Sterling played in that, so maybe we might not see Raheem Sterling start and it might be Sturridge and Balotelli. Uh, it's one of them. I, could, I couldn't predict the sides that are going to start uh, and I certainly couldn't predict the score. Yeah, you're gonna. You're not gonna do any predictions this week, though. What about the one to watch? Well, we want to watch is Stephen Gerrard for the reasons I've just said. You know, Stephen Gerrard could be 48 years of age in a wheelchair, and he'd probably still get up and have a good game against Everton because that's what he does, um, and that's why we hate him so much. You know, he never fails, does he? To, to kick us in the ball somehow um, so he's clearly my one to watch um, and result wise as I say I've got no idea I'm going to say I'm going to go out on a limb and say 2-1 to Everton and I don't know why um, but that's just what score is rolling around my head I think you're dreaming and you know of course we'd have that I think I think a lot of us would be happy with a draw. Uh, as much as people don't like to say Everton play to win, blah, blah, blah. You know, 
a draw. You've got to you've got to take it. You know, away away to Liverpool. You've got to be realistic about these things, and we need to stop the rot, and we need to stop the rot there, and we need to stop the rot this season so far. So a nil niler with a clean sheet, where which we could take, and a good performance. I think we can take that into the United game. So I'd have that. There's those, there's those little nuances in football, isn't there? There's like, I always, and I've been saying this now, <coughs> now for years, that we have to win there at some point. Runs don't go on forever. We've not won there since 99. So that's like, what, 15 years now? So, you know, we do have to beat them at some point. So that makes me think we might win. Uh, I think the last time we beat them was on uh, the 27th of September. We're playing them this year on the 27th of September. You know, that gives me like a little bit of superstition. We might win. But then you look at the other side. Liverpool have lost their last two Premier League games. You know, I don't expect Liverpool to lose three Premier League games on the spit. So that gives them a little bit of an edge. It's just one that you can't predict, I think. You say that though, you know, we, we've we lost... Uh Oh no! We sorry. We we I thought we'd lost two games in a row. We hadn't. We'd lost two games in a row for the first time in four years, which was a bit shocking. Um, but you know, you say about these things can end. Uh, you know the, the Swansea hadn't beaten us. You know, in twenty something years, and they beat us at the, uh, midweek. So it could happen. It ends. Everything's gonna end. Not last forever. Hopefully, uh, it will end this weekend. Uh, and we'll be getting there. Why we spend fifty four? I know. What 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 happened to this fair this fair to local fans thing that they were meant to be doing? Well, they haven't done it clearly, have they? But as I was saying there, you know, we go every season and we spend fifty four pound a ticket every season, and we go and we listen to that horrible horrible song. And we get surrounded by all their smug faces. Uh, and we see them leaving in the 80th minute to go and get on aeroplanes. And we do that because a part of us believes we're going to win there. I don't think... And at some point we will. I don't know. I mean, I suppose there's one part of me thinking, I don't want to not go the year that we win. But every other part of me goes because I want to support Everton through it. And if I go to every game just to support, I'm not going to watch Everton win. I'm going because I'm a sick, sick person who just ha- so happens to be an Everton supporter, not just wanting to watch us win, but to try and support us through thick and thin. And that's poetry. <laughs> um, I like it, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those. Hopefully, it'll be a happier podcast next week. Uh, have you got any more, any, di- any last words to... To add, just a, just a quick question that I wanted to ask you is, what do you think will be our starting lineup on for the derby? Oh well, I've already put this out on uh, on our on our Facebook. I've got ten of them if Coleman's fit. So I've got Howard, Baines, Coleman, Jackson, Stones, Barry and McCarthy, Morales, Naismith, and Lukaku up top. My the tricky one for me is uh, that last man. If Pienaar's fit, I'd put him in. Uh, now, the choices are between, I suppose, having a really attacking side with Etu. Uh, go yeah, on. for me, that, that, that's the side I would go for. I think 
Eto's got the temperament and the know-how, the experience. You know, I will play Eto in the, through the middle, uh, and I will play Morales and Lukaku supporting. I think, you know, that Moreno lad likes to get forward. They they left back. If we can put Lukaku out on the right to try and get in behind him, uh, I think that could be a good weapon for us. So. Much as we did say, like we played against Arsenal, um, I, I like to see that sort of style with Lukaku on the right, Eto in the middle, and uh, I play Morales on the left. So uh, would would Naismith be behind then? Naismith. Yeah, uh, yeah Naismith is. I play Naismith uh, along with the, in the middle with Barry McCarthy. Yeah. Well, I, I, another option could be for that extra slot put Gibson in there and try and shore it up a bit. You know, so you have three defensive midfielders and then three attacking midfielders. I think if you've got Naismith in there, that means that Gerrard will have to be more disciplined and and stay with Naismith and will keep him further back more in his own half, hopefully. Um, that's, that's, you know, we may as well go and have a go. Of course. Is what I'm saying. Of course. Um, anyway, you know, that's our, our thoughts on it. Uh, before we finish, I just want to say thanks to everyone for listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, etc. Uh, if you are, uh, just go and tell your mates about us as well. Try and share the podcast around. Uh, Facebook have been a little bit awkward over uh, showing our posts when it comes to the podcast at the moment. So if you do give us a share, it'll be greatly appreciated. Uh, and, you know, we've talked about it, but I suppose we should leave the final words on this week's game to uh, a, a proper pundit um, not that we claim to be a pundit at all but a proper pundit in Ronnie Goodless so uh, come on you blues from me uh, bye from Mark you saying bye Mark bye Mark <laughs> and we shall catch it all next week hopefully happy and smiley come on you blues They're shitting themselves, they really are. And I looked at them last night, Jesus Christ, you know, isn't it lovely? You know, there is a God. And I thought today, you've got, you've got something today where we can go there, bags of confidence, but, but they are, but we've got to have a go. So it, it, it's why I'm going back to today. You, you, know, you can't just say, well, we'll pick this team, we'll pick that. Momentum's everything. And when your best players are playing, you can't turn the tap on and off. You've got to say, these are playing well, I'm going to play them today. And that's where, after they played the way they did, they'd have watched us today, we could have won today, won at Swansea, you're going to Anfield and saying, right, you red shower, we're coming here and we're going to take three points. Because I, I still fancy us, to be honest, if we're positive, with, with the slight force we've got, but I just think today, Roberto again, you know, look at Man United, Louis van Gaal, top two players, you know, Matter scored last week, and the other lad who scored, changes the team, they get beat 5-3. Tottenham again, rest of the couple of players, we're only playing West Brom, they get turned over. You, you know, the league is wide open. You know, for me, Chelsea is going to win it eventually. But, but I just look at it, and it's the biggest team tour for the opposing team. And that's what I'm saying over one. He even looked at that and gone, three of their best strikers are sitting on the bench, that'll do me. And, and it just raised it, you could see as soon as they equalised, I thought we went into our shell a bit, and I said, the two team talks are going to change completely now. But I know what Monica just said, we can beat these.